0: How we feeling, everybody? It's a brand new Village Vice. He's Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law, and um, and I'll tell you, if you watched basketball last night and you're an Auburn fan, whew, you're feeling great is what you're feeling. Um, we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, but just as a just as an introductory thought, Zach, that was we've literally never seen anything like what we saw last night
1: at Neville Arena. I mean, it was uh, it was a butt whooping for sure against a really good South Carolina team and a team that everybody thought was kind of trending in the right direction. They still might be. I think they're still a top four or five team in the conference. But Auburn, uh, Auburn silenced a lot of doubters last night. But, yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit. All right. First things first. Uh, the Texas athletic director on Wednesday
0: came. Actually, he made the comments Tuesday. Um, shed some light on the SEC moving toward, working towards setting their goal as a nine-game conference schedule in 2026. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was interesting. He said it's probably another eight-gamer in 25, which is interesting to me that we can't get that worked out earlier, but whatever. Uh, But that by 2026, I think it's likely now, because he's made these comments, we're going to see a nine-game conference schedule.
1: Yeah, which is the way it felt like it's been trending for a while. Mm-hmm. I think that's what gives you the best opportunity for more great games. I'm all for it. I'm all for as many conference games as possible. I know there's a, a limit where it doesn't make sense, whether it's from a health standpoint or from a from a money standpoint, or you need buy games or whatever. Like I get it, but we were told for forever adding an SC, an extra sec game. Would be detrimental, and then the COVID year happens, and everybody played ten, and it was fine. So, uh, I'm, I'm all for nine. Heck, if they wanted to try to play twelve somehow, Brad, I, I'd be for it. I want as many SEC games on the schedule as possible.
0: Well, what are the residual effects? Like there, there's a lot of different arms to this conversation. Let me let sure. me take the the fan and expectation arm of it first. How does it impact, or does it impact fan expectations? For your consistent average record, if you're playing an extra conference game now, so let's say a game like, with all due respect, Akron, Kent State, somebody like you, you bring in a MAC school. It's not an FCS, yeah, but it's not a power conference opponent. The San Jose States of the world; those games go away, and now you have another conference game on that slate. Well, now let's say your average win total dips—I don't know—half a game over the course of four years. Sure. Do fans expect more? Or are they okay with less? Like, how does the shift, how does that extra game affect fan expectations, do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it might take a little bit of time to calibrate. But, you know, I I, I don't think, if, if the SEC moved to nine games, I don't think you're replacing the Akron game. Mm. I think you're replacing, like, Cal's game, the Auburn's game against Cal mm. this year. I, I don't. I'd be a little surprised brad if they did nine SEC games and then you also had to get a p five opponent that yeah. would be surprising to me I'm for it I'm all for it but I don't think i think the schools that are kind of eh kind of iffy on adding that extra game I think their bargaining chip will be okay well let's get rid of this p five thing yeah and look that's probably like a school like vandy like okay well like let's let's don't you know Let's don't get beat up by some non-SEC team every year. Uh, I think that's how they would probably be more okay with the pivot.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. But I'm I'm looking at uh, like the Big Ten, for example. They've had a nine-game conference schedule for a while. Michigan's schedule is the first team I pulled up because they're the reigning conference champion. And sure, I worked with Michigan for a while, so I I don't know. They were just first. You love
1: Michigan. I, I, I got to tell you, I don't mind Michigan. Yeah. You go to bed thinking about Michigan, you <laughs> wake up thinking about Michigan, that's fine. Good for it's y'all. Congrats, congrats on your national championship. For the first time ever,
0: you've gone a little too far. You've been a little too extreme. Got it. Um, but their non-conference games, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, this past year, hasn't always been that way. They've had series with Notre Dame and then had nine conference games. I mean, we've... It, it is very interesting, though, to think about an SEC team and what the norm becomes. Do you see nine conference games, then UNLV, East Carolina, and Bowling Green? on the and, and is that the game that you see going forward? I do think that's interesting. I do also think that playoff implications may mean more directly than overall records when it comes to the fan base. You're playing nine conference games, fine, eight or nine, are you getting into the 12 team playoff now and then
1: semi regularly regularly what becomes the scale for what success is well in the expansion or potential expansion of you know going from 9 8 from going from 8 sec games to 9 it makes more sense now that there's more wiggle room as far as you know i mean the standard of what a college football playoff team is dropping is yep. going from four to twelve. It's easier to do it now, and we've talked about this before. But if you're a if you're a ten and two SEC team, you're probably in now. Mm-hmm. You're probably in now, and if you have the right three losses and other things happen, a good nine and three team has a shot. Unlikely, I think, but they do have a shot if things fall the right way. So I, I'm all for it. And from a fan perspective, I know it's fun. Okay, we're playing Cal. For the next two years or okay yeah we're playing um we're, we're playing penn state in a home at home and we've got don't we have like ucla coming up in a few years or some, something like that i think but, miami too maybe sure yeah. sure um probably like in 2045 or something yeah. like that but i would just i would rather play on, a, on a, just taking taking this year's schedule the 2024 auburn football schedule like i'd rather just play florida or I'd rather play LSU again or this year. Then I'd rather Cal. play Ole Miss than, than Cal. Then Cal. Yeah. 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 That, that's where I'm at on it.
0: Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. You know, it's interesting when you think it's a little bit of diversion, but when you think about, um, Michigan, no, I'm not thinking about Michigan anymore. You can't make me think about Michigan, this show. Okay. <clears throat> You're the um, one who brought them up. I know. I know. I'm just anymore. Um, you know, the NCAA tournament is not enough for some programs. Okay. So I wonder if over time does a 12-team playoff ever become not enough. I know 12 is different than 64, different than 68. I understand that. But like, like a Rick Barnes at Tennessee, he's at Tennessee because the NCAA tournament wasn't enough for Texas, wasn't enough just to get to the tournament you had to advance to a certain point. So do sure. fan expectations, like are you okay making the the playoff with a nine-game SEC schedule and you make the playoff? Is that enough every year? Do you need to win it every five years? Do you win it every 10, get to the semis every three or four? I'm, I'm very interested in the scale of success when it comes to fans.
1: Well, didn't we already see that a little bit with the four-team playoff? Like Oklahoma during their run, they made it. They never won one. They never got to a national championship in the Mm -hmm. four-team college football playoff format, so much so where Lincoln Riley left one of the better football program situations to go to USC because he just thought that would be a little bit easier there to get a little bit farther down that path. Yeah, I think we even saw it with Alabama to some extent, where they would make it, and then when they would lose in the semifinals, it almost felt like, what? What's going on? Who'd they lose to this year?
0: Uh, they lost to Michigan.
1: You keep bringing them up, Brad. I can't yeah. stop you at this point, but that's okay. So, but I think we've already seen that a little bit with the four team playoff. So I think if you yeah. expand it to twelve, absolutely, sure,
0: that's fair. Side sidebar question: uh, Who has the the easier route, to the, to the playoff? Stop. Sorry. And who gets there? It's a beautiful helmet, though, isn't it? Anyway, um, <laughs> so USC in the Big Ten going forward, or Oklahoma in the SEC. Going forward, over the next ten years, which program is more successful?
1: Who is the first one? You said Oklahoma in the SEC. Oklahoma and the in the SEC or USC mm-hmm.
0: in the Big Ten? USC in the Big Ten. Okay. Why? Because it's that hard for Oklahoma, or because
1: you think Lincoln Riley gets can do things with that offense in the Big Ten? I think Oklahoma is going to lose some of its advantage going from the Big Twelve to the SEC. Instead of playing three big games every year, you're going to play six or seven. I think with USC, I think there's a lot of programs that are kind of in flux to some extent. Like I'm married into an Ohio State family, but like I don't think Ryan Day is a good coach. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think they're in the best position in the Big Ten to to win a national championship. Oregon's interesting. Washington's interesting. We'll see how they reload after losing their coaching staff, but I just I think USC with what it has access to and its path in front of them and the teams that they have to beat, I think I think USC is closer as far as like status and the ability to acquire talent to Michigan and Ohio State than Oklahoma is right now to Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. Okay.
0: How much more do you think we see I, we're all over the place today, and that's that's my fault. But I think it's interesting conversation. No, it's it's this Michigan stuff you keep doing. Um, I'm not going to bring up Michigan right now. So Michigan, Michigan won their championship this year, by the way. But just building the the thing. The I'm not
1: going to bring up Michigan. Overtime. By the way, Michigan won their championship, which is this year. which is
0: the opposite <laughs> of what Ohio State. No, I say all that to say. That it's the opposite of what Ohio State is trying to do for next year. It's very like they're the 2008 Boston Celtics, right? Sure. That's exactly uh, they're they're Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, and they are trying to put together this assembled championship All Star team. Kudos to them for doing it. The it, it's set up in such a way that you can try to do it that way. That's not because it's not how their biggest rival won theirs, but that's. The point I'm making is how do we see USC try to do something similar? Do we see an LSU try to do something similar? Like it's just it's just not happening the the old the old fashioned way. So let's go try to manufacture it in one year.
1: Yeah, like push all the chips into the, the middle mm-hmm. of the table. I think USC kind of already tried it, right? When they went out and got Caleb Williams, who did win the Heisman, the year that they acquired him. Yeah. And then um Addison, right? Their receiver. Yeah. Um you know, they went out and got you know the Bolitnikoff winner. Right. So they had the previous year's Bletnikoff winner, then that year's Heisman winner, and it still wasn't enough. So I think it's possible to win that way, yeah. but I don't know. You you need a nice combination. I, I think that's what Pew Freeze is doing at Auburn so well. So
0: I do too. Yeah. Speaking of combinations, can you tell our fri- uh, the the folks about our friends at mybookie.ag? And then I have another schedule thought. A well, nine-game schedule thought.
1: He, here's the crazy thing about our friends at mybookie.ag. And you always hear all this stuff like the house always wins. And, yeah. well, if you just bet on that, you know, you're you going to lose all of your money. That's not, that's not what mybookie.ag is all about. In fact, they're going to give you money. They're going to give you because they love you so much. Not as much as we love you. Yeah. But mybookie.ag does love you guys a ton. So head over to mybookie.ag. Check out their sports book, their lines. They've got all sorts of stuff for NBA, for college, for futures with college football. I think I actually saw some college baseball stuff on there earlier today, which starts Friday. Very very exciting. Um, so be sure to check them all out at mybookie.ag. And when you make your first account and you uh, you make that first deposit, use promo code Next Round to get some extra money to play with mybookie.ag. Use promo code Next Round.
0: One of the factors that uh, people talk about when you go from an eight-game to a nine-game conference schedule is the imbalance in home games. Okay, so some years you're going to have five conference home games. Some years you're going to have four. All right, um, this is just kind of a fun idea. Maybe logistically it's impossible to pull off, pull off but if the NFL can play games in Brazil and London and oh, Germany yeah. and everywhere else and and schedule it just fine, And if we're moving to the NFLization of college football, especially in the SEC and the Big Ten, I think we can pull this off. Okay. Um, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, Arkansas are already dealing with an imbalanced schedule. This will balance their schedule in a couple of years, if if that is indeed what happens. So what if everybody, Zach, played one conference game every year on a neutral field? Mm. I don't
1: hate it. I don't what, hate it. Would,
0: what would Auburn's permanent conference opponent and neutral field look like?
1: The easiest one from a geography standpoint would be playing Georgia in Atlanta. You're right, but they can't do that if they're going
0: to play Florida in Jacksonville if you're, because that's too neutral for them. For Georgia. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Normally, normally, I say to... Normally, I don't really care what about Georgia, but in this scenario,
1: logistically, you couldn't do it. No, nope, you're right. You're right. Uh, not Alabama go back to- and Crampton Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Legion Field, baby.
0: <laughs> this really new idea, like grocery delivery. Like, that's not what used to happen all the time when they bring your milk to your doorstep. Everything right. old is new again. Let's just, great idea. Let's play Alabama and Birmingham every year. Gracious. Um, well, I'm trying to think of one that's better than what that. If,
1: and right, like go
0: Yeah, go ahead. What if you play Vandy every year at the
1: Titans stadium? I would love to play Vandy every year. That'd be great. In that NFL stadium. Sure. And then that way, Alabama and Tennessee, they can kind of do the same thing on a different yeah, week. Absolutely. And it's good for Nashville. It's
0: good for, you know, it, it's, it's great for all the Auburn people in Nashville. Um, yeah, there you go. I don't really right. have another one that makes as much sense as that, but that was just kind of a
1: Yeah, I and, and I was trying to think of a way to like implement LSU. Um but like there's nothing in Mobile that would be big enough to to house that game. So right.
0: and you don't think of Florida, but it's
1: like, well, Florida's already going to the neutral site with with Georgia. Yeah.
0: So. I mean, you play uh, LSU in the Superdome, but that's a home game for them. Mm -hmm.
1: If you do it that way. So uh, to go back to to why you brought this point up, the whole imbalance thing. I just think we need to say this more often. We being everyone, not just us. (laughs) But whenever you hear the word about, you know, the word imbalance when talking about college football. Laugh at the person who said it. (laughs) If, if they think that that's a genuine concern, and I know you said earlier, I don't think you said it was like a genuine concern, but college football has never been about setting fairness across the board. This whole like search for parity within the sport. It's a joke, Like that's not what it is, and that's kind of what makes it so much different than everything else. And when people talk about college football and and what they describe is why it's better than the NFL and all of that, like it's, there's a quirkiness to it. And I, I just, I don't think that that's what we really need to be searching for here. I, I don't think balance is the right thing that like, that's not what college football is missing.
0: Yeah. I think in this context, it's not balance among pro it's not competitive balance. It's it's operational budgetary balance. Every year you have seven home games. Every year you have four true road games, and every year you have one neutral site game. And you set your budget and you set everything based on that.
1: Long term, it is balanced. Yeah, it's just not balanced year by year. Yeah. So I don't even know. Like, is that legitimate? I I I genuinely don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. And like we take into cons like the last few years, the travel, I I know. Just in our front office from the radio perspective here, um, the travel budget is very different in years that you go to Arkansas and LSU and Texas A&M and Kentucky or wherever else you're going to go. And then the very next year, you go on Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Georgia, Alabama, and half of those are same-day trips. Yeah, it's just trips. a very right. different budget. But, but you know that's coming the next year. So you, you almost operate on a two-year cycle. Yeah. Right. And so if you don't go with our genius idea of an every year, an annual neutral site static Mm -hmm. game, Mm
1: -hmm. then,
0: yeah, you just move your budgeting to a two year process rather than a one.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. Right. Uh, Speaking of a budgeting process, Brad. Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to try to save you some money here. Our friends at Manscaped, you know this deal by now. And if you haven't taken advantage of it, what are you waiting for? You're going to be, I mean, you're going to be left out in the cold, and nobody wants to be left out in the cold. Uh, Warm things up with Manscaped, 20% off plus free shipping with promo code VICE. And, you know, the star of the show for Manscaped is the fifth generation lawnmower. It is not just a trimmer, it's your grooming sidekick. We're talking about two skin safe blade heads, a standard one to, you know, take a little off the top, um, and then a new foil blade to go smooth wherever you want to go smooth, wherever your heart desires. It's wow. like having a personal stylist at your fingertips or wherever you need it. And did we mention that it's waterproof, Zach? It is a, a trim and shower. It's huge. Trim in the shower is the only way to
1: start the day. Tell them about the light, Brad.
0: <laughs> it's got, well, the LED light. It's the brightest LED light yet. And uh, it's also, you can get it by itself. Or you can get the Lawnmower 5.0 as a part of the Performance Package 5.0, which includes the uh, nose and ear hair trimmer, the aftercare products, the crop soother ball aftershave lotion, and the crop preserver anti chafing ball deodorant. That and so much more at manscaped.com. The best in men's grooming. Use promo code VICE for 20% off and free shipping. Wow.
1: So, Auburn destroyed South Carolina. Yeah, that was fun.
0: You'd never seen anything like it, literally. It is the largest victory over a ranked opponent in program history. So and
1: I imagine that'll last a while. I mean, 101 to 61, that's insane. Yeah. I remember coming
0: to the building I'm in right now, Beard Eves Coliseum, and watching the, the 99 team. No, the games weren't in black and white. They were in color. Um, watching the 99 team just destroy everybody they played here, um, but not a ranked opponent by 40. We no. saw Walker and Jabari just two years ago run through the league, but not by 40 overranked teams. Uh, that was simply – I mean, they—the wor- the most points South Carolina had given up before last night in a game was 77. That's, that is, that's absurd. So it's not like, it's, it's impressive that Auburn scored 37 more points than what they allow per game on average, but to score not four, but 24 more than they had allowed in a game, in any one game. It's, I think anyway, and I try not to be hyperbolic with stuff all the time, but I, I think that's a, the kind of game, to respond to the Florida game that way. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to minimize South Carolina now. I don't know that they finish top four. They will absolutely finish top half, and they may still finish top four. Yeah. But I think that's the kind of game you look back on and go, "That that it was really critical for the team to respond in that way. And it shows you that, yeah, we've thought all year they're capable of really special things that haven't been done. This team has now done a handful of things that had not been done before. And this is the latest one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's well said. I think that's well said. There's been so many comparisons from this year's team to the, the 2018-2019 team that made the Final Four run. And, look, this is a team – that that team went into le- – or they got destroyed by Kentucky yeah. on the road. And Then after that, they played their best ball of the season. And obviously it's just one game. Mm-hmm. And what the team did last night is different than what that final four team did. They went to Georgia and uh, in fact, barely won, nearly right lost. Yeah. yeah. Needed it. Needed a two or three. Yep. Good memory. Yeah. And, but you know, they, they just continually found ways to win, but it's hard not to think about that a yeah. little bit where it's like, okay, we've seen this Auburn team get whooped on the road now, Twice or underperformed drastically on the road twice. And it's like, how did they respond? Really, three times. If we want to put abstain in there, mm-hmm. and every time they've responded really, really well. So yeah. that was encouraging. And obviously, with Kentucky coming to town on Saturday, that um, I don't know if they take care of business on Saturday. That uh, that the road to where you want to be gets a lot clearer.
0: You know what's a really strange question to to or, or sentiment to think about with Kentucky coming in Saturday.
1: Oh, there's a lot.
0: Be, there, there, be, could, there
1: could be a lot here. Where are you going <laughs> but, with this?
0: That's true. But here's the one I'm going to throw out there at Michigan? you. Okay. Is, is it wild to think that Auburn has to guard against a letdown Saturday? Against Kentucky? Against Kentucky.
1: Those on the road, I'd give that to you. With it being at home, I just... No, I'm not I saying I they I will. Yeah.
0: But think about it. You come off a 40-point win... Over a, over the eleventh ranked team in the country, and now you have the twenty second ranked team in the country who is who is so far flown under their expectations.
1: I now in, in I, conference play for sure. In yeah. yeah, Now, I do think the fact that it's Kentucky, like the the that does count for something. These guys, and just getting to know some of these players over the last few years, like Auburn players don't like Kentucky. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. I, so if it wasn't Kentucky, like if for some reason, you know, we're playing Ole Miss again, and Ole Miss is twenty-two, like that—that that would be fine. But yeah. even then, there's some like personal stuff there. Like these these guys don't like Kentucky. I, I think it comes from the top down. If I can just sure. be
0: honest about it, sure. Like, and,
1: and that's okay. That's yeah. fine. But
0: think, you know, think about think about some of the wars that Bruce had with Cal when Bruce was at Tennessee and Cal was at Memphis sure Um, this this thing goes back it's got roots
1: yeah no i'm with you dude i'm with you so i'm all for it i'm all for the passion i'm all for you know players not liking each other and all that i think it's great it's good for the sport so uh (laughs) i can't wait i can't wait it's gonna be a blast it's like 500 dollars just to get into the door so if you're going good for you cheer loud it's gonna be it's gonna be a great one but i'm not picking against auburn right now especially at home no no it's
0: Especially, yeah, exactly. I heard somebody say, I thought this was great. I wish I could give them specific credit, but I don't remember exactly where I saw it. But uh, Joe Biden ought to put the national debt on a money line for Auburn at home because they're just, it's not
1: enough. It's just not enough for Auburn at home. They will cover. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I I got a little worried Wednesday morning when I saw the line was like 11 and a half. It's like, that's a lot. That's a lot against a ranked team. It's like, what is going on? It, it almost made me nervous. Yeah. And then it's like, nope, they know they know that's why the buildings are really big over yeah. there. So, uh, Brad, I think that about does it for, uh, for today's show. It does. Thanks everybody for watching and participating. We read
0: the comments, so make sure you give us your thoughts as well. Serious question. Does Brad like Michigan too much? Comment. Stop, below. It. Stop it. It's fine though. If you want to weigh in on it. Um, Everyone has vices. Remember that. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.